This time on TNT. Would you rather be amorous with a dolphin or a sea turtle? We have some fun with talk shows. And why is Gord covering Maroon 5 covering Packlebell's Cannon? Here's to the ones that I know. Here's to the things that you'll never ever know. It's all coming up right now on TNT. There he hey, is. Hey, bud. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. So let's just start right away. I got a game. All it's right. called Talk Shows. Okay. And the game is is I play a song and start a, a talk show. Okay. And go to a caller. Okay. So and then and then after after the caller. It's your turn to start. I'll play another song. <laughs> okay. And you st- and then you, the, the song kind of gives the vibe of the, sh- the, sh- okay. the show. Okay. It's so subjective. So, okay. <laughs> so then you have to be the caller well, for it's... my show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Sure. Okay, I'm in. Okay, here we go. Hey, it's Bryson McDonald here. Time to get on down to the bottom of business. And uh, it's a show about anything. Where I'm going to call, and you call me, 1-800-555-6233. And we're going to talk about anything, because you know what? It's 1 o'clock in the morning at CFOB. Let's go to the first line here. It seems to be a couple calls on the line. Uh, there we go. How are you? This is yeah. uh, Abner. Abner from Coldwater. Yeah, is that you, Bryson? That's me, Bryson. Yeah, you got it. And we're talking about anything you want. I can't it's believe I'm the on the show. I know. Huh. Well, I mean, you did call it yesterday, but it's always good to have you. Oh, you you cut me off. I can't believe I'm on the show again. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on? What's what do you going want to talk on with about? you? Well, uh, I mean, I just got here. I had a snack. I had some uh, crisps, and uh, feeling good, feeling good. I forgot I got, you uh, have a British heritage that you call chips crisps. Well, no, it's the baked cracker things. They call the crispers or okay. crispers. And uh, I had a bag of them. I brought them on the way. Okay. And I'm looking. I'm looking forward to. You know, I've got six hours here tonight to fill it out. And uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Is uh, what's going on at one o'clock in the morning. So crisps are, the, there's the, like the cheddar ones, and then the plain, and the, what kind did you have? Yeah, I had the uh, sour cream and onion crispers. They're, oh, uh, they're really they're Wouldn't really want to nice. kiss you, you right now. <laughs> oh, well, you know, a little well, coffee mouth... breath, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so what's going and on sour out there? cream and onion, eh? How, yeah, how's your night in cold water? Oh, pretty good. How's, how's your night going? Like I said, feeling good, ready to go, just to talking about anything. Huh. Do, do you find the time long in the night? Oh yeah, it can be, uh, it can be long, it can be lonely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's always nice to have someone to talk to if you can't sleep. Yeah. So uh, that's what, I, you know, I'm here. Uh, the, um, you know, normally I like, I can talk about foliage and trees but there's just nothing out there being the middle of the winter right now that's my thing is talking about trees and i'm, I'm kind of a wannabe arborist that's it's funny my... that 
Your name sounds, you know, uh, Bison? Bryson. No, but uh, you know, Bison, like the big, uh, they're the like animal. cow. Yeah, the big animal. They're like, they're kind of like a cow. Yeah. That's how I, I've never seen a picture of you, but that's how I kind of picture you, like kind of big and sturdy with a broad chest, like a bison. I guess because your name face? Bryson sounds like bison. A furry face? Well, do, do you I, uh, tell me? Do you have a furry face? I do. I do. I, I, uh, I'm I. one of those guys that literally has a beard uh, starting under his eyes. You yeah. do? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I, I am a hairy man. Oh, isn't that fun? It's yeah. fun to picture what people look like by their voice alone. What do you think I look like? Well, I mean, did you, have you seen, uh, what do you look like? Uh, you sound like you look uh, ca- a Caucasian. Careful. With uh, very, you sound like uh, easy. Nor Norwegian, perhaps. Okay. Descent. No. 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 Sweden. No. No. Swedish. No. Uh, no. No. Irish? No, no. Polish? (laughs) No, no. None of those ishes. I'm from Gimli. Oh, Gimli. Yeah, Gimli, Matt. You know, there was a plane crash there. There was. Manitoba. Is that what it's known for? I remember there was a music festival there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Anyway, perhaps huh. it's time to get on to the next call and well, the next no, I show. Was, I didn't even get to ask my question. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, and it, sure. Throw um, it out there. Should I? Uh, do you want me to ask my question now? Uh, that would be great. Yes. Okay. Um, so, I have the, trouble uh, sleeping. And so uh, sometimes at night I find the time long. So I was asking you if you find the time long. So I was going to ask, what do you do to pass the time if you find it long in the night? I already, I thought we've talked about that already. Okay, we're, we're going to have to end there. I'm getting a few texts from my pro- program director here saying, uh, this is ridiculous, oh, dot, dot, dot. You only have I'm, five I'm hours sorry. and 55 minutes left. I know, the- but there are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you ready? So I have to start a talk show, okay? Yeah. Based on the song that I hear. Uh. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. As we welcome you back inside, it's the late evening Friday night ride. I'm Nathanaj Snarot, and this is What's in Your Smoker. I want to hear all about the meat that you're smoking this weekend. What spices are you using? How long do you smoke your meat? Let's go right to the phones. Kelsey, you're on the air. This is What's in Your Smoker. What are you smoking this weekend, Kelsey, meat-wise? Hi, how, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fabulous, and I'm on the air. You are. What's in your smoker? What are you smoking? 
Well, I got a brisket going. I've, I don't really know how to do it. It's been Ooh. in there for four or five hours, but it's... I don't really think I have it too hot because it's pretty kind of cooked on the outside, but not on the inside. I'm having the trouble. What uh, What do you have your temperature at? Uh, 450. Ooh. Okay. So first of all, um, it's too hot. Because you oh, have really? to, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I cook burgers with the same, and I figure if it's a bigger piece of meat, and there's it's a big piece of meat, so no, 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 no. They no, say no. seven hours. Figure it's been a couple hours. It's already kind of black on the outside, but it's still still <laughs> not done in the middle. Have you spritzed your brisket? I put some salt, pepper on it. No, 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 no. Have you spritzed it? What's that? Uh, like every half hour or so, you fire a bit of water on there, some apple juice. You just rub it all over your meat. Hot sauce, apple cider vinegar, anything moist and wet just to keep it from burning. First of all, your, your temperature is too high. Um, you have to uh, spritz your brisket and you have to flip your brisket. Okay? Okay, I'm <clears throat> flipping it right now as yeah. you speak. I've got it. Flip, but it's still burnt on the other. Yeah, really it's burnt. burnt now. It's going to be burnt, yeah. Because you want so should the I not... you want the temperature inside to be about 165 degrees Fahrenheit. So what you're supposed to do is wrap it lightly in uncoated butcher paper, then put it back in the smoker until the internal temperature reaches about 200 to 205 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So you're, what you're saying is this one's wrecked, then? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one's wrecked. You're gonna have to. You wanna. You wanna uh, spritz your brisket and you wanna flip your brisket. Okay. So okay, basically, turn down the heat. Should only take about an hour and a half. Flip it, spritz it. Okay, and then jam it in your pink mouth. You'll like that. Okay, I will. Thanks. Th- thanks for calling, Kelsey. Take care. Okay. Nice to meet you. Bye. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> want to do another one one more time of course i do this is really fun this is like this is fantasy camp for me it's really fun you have another song in the uh in the hopper for sure okay uh Okay, here we go. Okay, it's your show, right? Yeah. Down in Jamaica, nigga, lots of pretty Well, how, how are you, everybody? It's uh, another beautiful day. We're, uh, you know how it is. It's... John and John's Travel Show. Where are we? A uh, dream of destinations unknown and places to go when it's cold now. So it's... I mean, I was... Last vacation I had was... Uh, I believe it was uh, two years ago. I was in uh, down to Florida with the family. So again, call us right now. 1-800-SEA-BREEZE 
Let's get the caller on the line. This is Othello from Golden Where's what? Golden Lake. Sorry, Othello. Hello. Are you on the line? Hello. Hey, Othello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Welcome to the travel show. On Thank C-C-O-C. you so much for having me. CCOC, we're breezy. It's uh, it's a real treat to be on the cock. Hey, can you come? Uh, can you uh, t- tell us about your favorite travel destination? Well, maybe uh, you're going somewhere soon. I know you posed the question: What is your all-time favorite destination? And I have it narrowed down to three. The first is Puerto Vallarta. Oh, Puerto Vallarta! That's nice. Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. Yeah. I was there for uh, a week. Let's look that up on the, in the, the late map here. 1980s. While you're talking about it, I'll put it on our website, cccc.com, The Breeze. And uh, yeah, you keep on going there. That's some good stuff. Hold on a second. Puerto Vallarta. Pu- <laughs> it's tough Puer- to spell. Puerto. De- I'll say Puerto. it the way the locals do. Pu- Puerto Vallarta. Puerto. Oh, Vallarta. Yeah. There's one thing that I really like about Puerto Vallarta. It's when you have a buenos noches there. That is Spanish for good nachos. Pacific Ocean. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Bahia Banderas. That's a nice spot. I gotta go there. I gotta go there. It's the Mexican state of Jalisco. Yes. uh, It is uh, not to uh, be... um, NSFW, but it is Sexico. The wind is warm. It's beautiful. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. I know. Puerto I... Vallarta. <laughs> the you just put place... on a shirt and you're good. I mean, maybe pants, obviously, like there nice are... short shorts, but there are... it's also my favorite thing it's about nice. Puerto Vallarta is there are big birds everywhere. Everywhere you, ever you done, look with your eyes, big birds. You ever done nude snorkeling? There, there's, uh, there's some places that's great, you know. You just feel like you're one of them down there. they nude. flipping and flopping with you, you know. How did you get to nude snorkeling? Well, I figured Puerto Vallarta's got some nice snorkeling areas. And uh, when you're one with the sea and you're just moving with it, it's just like that's almost like an extra little... You know, you know, and you're there's something about scuba naked because you just feel the water. And I'm telling you, you don't know you you know where you're going more with nothing on because you feel it's a that got that extra rudder. You know, it's just interesting to steer. No, to feel where you are, perhaps to steer. I've, I mean, that's an idea, actually. Uh, when I was More seven, just to feel the water. I got my horn caught in a conch shell. And so, uh, ever since I swim with pants on, um, it's a, a kind of a painful memory for me. Literally, uh, I wince in pain. I imagine that must up. have been quite, quite tough. It was Not tough. like the, the time when I was snorkeling and I had a, a tortoise come upon me. <laughs> That actually happened. Um, a sea turtle. 
uh, got frisky with me off the coast of Hawaii. <laughs> That's actually true. And I, I thought it, I, I thought <coughs> it, it was just being friendly, but it was on the news. It was putting its arms on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to like pin me against a reef. I was like, oh, the turtles are so friendly here. Isn't that nice? Isn't that fun? It's like, come here, pushing you all Oh, grabbing your arms. All 260 pounds of it pinning my shoulders oh, down man, on the reef. That's insane. <laughs> Aw, wrestling. That's fun. <laughs> the next destination is La Jolla, California. Those things are like 130 years old, right? <laughs> yeah. So this thing was like, I've done this before and it works. Like, what? <laughs> what's in its mind that it's just going after humans? Well, it's kind of flattering <laughs> in the weirdest way, right? I, I must have smelled like Hawaiian Tropic or something. I must have seen you see some you see some weird looking guy that's like into turtles at the beach, <laughs> going out to swimming. Aw, like he's inviting it? Some Steve Buscemi looking mask. <laughs> who's already kind of looks turtly. He just wants to do it, be with them. Well, remember, we've talked about the, the woman who fell in love with a dolphin. Oh, that's right. Remember the yeah, experiment in crazy. the 60s? Yeah. She fell in love with the dolphin, and then the dolphin died of a broken heart. Yeah, because the dolphin was super intelligent. She's getting on the conversations she never dreamed about. <laughs> Who whose idea it's was like, it to put water in a house? <laughs> Matt wasn't doing like that noise and she's like finding out what it was saying. Like it's like Oh, that's the most beautiful poem I've I've never thought of it that way. There was, uh, I'm just looking for the the Dolphin Who Loved Me, NASA-funded project. To be honest, like, if aliens came to Earth, they'd probably be better off talking to them than us to get information, right? Dolphins? Yeah. (laughs) Like, forget talking to the humans. I'll talk to these things that are way beyond them. (laughs) They are really smart. (laughs) I know. (laughs) <laughs> um, they they also do seem nice for what it's worth. Yeah, like if you had the girls are really into like would you rather, mm-hmm. and the would you rather is always like would you rather a frozen butter tart or would you rather a warm rock with butterscotch sauce on it? Like they're the the margin is pretty thin, but if you were yeah. going to be romanced by a seafaring <laughs> creature. Would you rather a dolphin or a turtle? Well, I guess it depends on the horn. Which one has a, a more... I don't, um, I don't know. I have no idea. My my dog Rebel's pretty small, but when he's getting into things, he becomes three parts of him. It becomes so what? I imagine it's huge. No. <laughs> when he's... Yeah. <clears throat> Um, dolphins have what's when called comes, a fibroelastic when it, penis. When it comes 
when it comes thrusting out of its sheath. <laughs> so what gets him fired up? Other dogs, if he's fired up. Does he ever get fired up like Jeopardy's on and suddenly to, it's like, Revel, think, come on, man. Well, because he's had uh, like 16 puppies three three times around with Whoa. the uh, dolly who's been breeding the puppies. <clears throat> but... Uh, yeah, so he's. I think it's time for him to get the snipsies. We're but not anyway, talking hand so size. We're talking arm I, I, size. This is dolphins, depending on the species. A, a dolphin or one of those big sea turtles. I don't know. They're both kind of. They could be like crazy. One could be like a crazy elephant cock, and the other one could be like a super huge alien cock. <laughs> Um, I'm uncomfortable with both of those phrases. Alien size. <laughs> this, um, they did a, an experiment with a killer whale and its bird was bigger than the table. There you go. So you don't want to die. Anyway, I'm not no. playing the would you rather with dolphins. So you're saying dolphin though. I don't know. I think turtle. You would rather a turtle? <laughs> Well, I think the t- dolphin's bearing some horse wiener. <laughs> oh, like interesting. I said, it's more about the the pain possibility of that. The uh, turtle bird. Got to be smart about these kind of decisions. I mean, a turtle's head kind of looks like a bird. <laughs> yeah, the sneaky. Uh, it's got those sneaky, huge elephant-looking hands, right? <laughs> the paw thing. Um, uh, this article is unsuitable for minors. Oh, okay, here you go. Oh, wow. Believe it or don't, turtles are horrifically well endowed. There you go. Oh, no, I'm changing. Horrifically. (laughs) What a terrible word in that context. Yeah, what does that mean? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It is horrific. Oh dear! What the heck? Oh my gosh! Whoa! No. <laughs> it's like it's oh like my a, God. You, ah. the size of a, a Andre the Giant arm. <clears throat> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh wow! Um, it's physiologically rugged and has extreme endurance. So, oh. like I said, El- an elephant c- cock. It's like all prehistoric. Oh my gosh, there's video. Okay. Like a David- what? Like a David Cronenberg like uh, weapon. <laughs> it's um. <laughs> suffice to say, its its bird is more significant than its arms. <laughs> Jeremy, you know, with uh, new paragraphs, they have different headings. So I scrolled all the way down the article, and then at the yeah. bottom of it, the heading is how big? Question mark. Big uppercase. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So don't that sea turtle was about to. Un- oh my gosh! <laughs> You're lucky you got away. Oh my god! You feel this all of a sudden? This Louisville slugger beating around <laughs> your thighs. <laughs> oh no! 
Oh no, I thought it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible way to go. imagine the headline buddy from street sense had a terrible encounter oh my gosh i had no idea wow what does it look like? Bam Bam's like caveman stick? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Oh dear. We're watching um, on Disney Channel, they have a show called, I forget what it's called, but it's about the animals at the Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And people love these animals, but there's. Um, there's a scene at the end of the first episode. Was I talking about this last week? Uh, yeah. Where the elephants the are that... about to get intimate. Yeah, they, and, then they, and then they cut out. Uh, yeah. Right as it's Fortunately, they cut yeah. away. But <laughs> it's interesting to think that an <clears throat> elephant's bird is somehow less scary than a turtle's. Like, this article <laughs> took every opportunity to say, like, but seriously, huge. Like, not even kidding, massive. But... As big as you think it is, bigger. Like, whoa, we get it. Holy cow. Anyway, turtle birds, there you go. So, have you ever heard the term short neck, huge cock? No. Have you? That's a thing now. <laughs> no. No neck, huge trunk. <laughs> Turtle birds. Like head and shoulders guy? Look out. Like the guy on 90 Day Fiance? <laughs> yeah. Remember that map? Like... Who actually has like NNS, like no neck syndrome. There's it's a it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's <laughs> that's enough of that. <laughs> Whew. Well, I am retroactively horrified. <laughs> Taking the dolphin. <laughs> the would you rather. Yeah, I'm on team dolphin. <laughs> I'm on team dolphin. And you came, you came so close to the horror. Well, come to think of it, we've seen horrifying video of dolphins getting frisky. Oh, yeah, like the pinned against the dock. Sorry, See, this is what makes Carol smart. The girls will float two scenarios, neither of which is appealing, and she's like, well, neither. And they're like, okay, daddy. And I always <laughs> pick one. I always try to think them out and talk them out and actually land <clears throat> on one. And then no matter which one you pick, they're like, ah, oh, sick. That's the game. Oh, man. That's crazy. It's funny I how had to... we had a plan to talk about, like, overrated, underrated, or make the case for certain things, <clears throat> and then suddenly we've spent 20 minutes talking about turtle birds. And, well, we also did the talk show game, which was still... Oh, yeah, yeah, the talk could, show game. Could, it could still go if you want. If you need to feel frisky for another one, we could. I'm into but, it. Uh, yeah, we're... We got that going. We got we we also have still some good overrated underrateds that we didn't do. 
but <clears throat> it's all good. We can do all of that stuff. Um, I want to uh, share an exchange I had on the internet with Lisa Loeb. I don't know if you saw. Oh, it. I've asked you this question. I before. saw the tweet. I did. I I didn't know she got back to you. She got back to me. That's pretty. That's great. So the song is "Stay," and the lyric says, "You say I only hear what I want to," and I've always wondered <clears throat> if it's "You say," quote. I only hear what I want to, as if she's saying to her partner, you say about yourself, I only hear what I want to, or is it you say about me, the singer, that I only hear what I want to? So where are the quotes was my question. And Mm -hmm. um, people weighed in like copy editors are like, well, that's why a that, you can never take out that's because they are critical. So you say that I only hear what I want to is a completely different sentence. Um, Yeah. Uh, other people were like, well, obviously it's he's saying that about her because who would ever say out loud, I only hear what I want to. But I I, th- I could yeah. hear someone saying that. Anyway. Well, and the, 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 the song <clears throat> sounds very like written on a page, like a letter. Yeah, it does. So it, 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 that's a different kind of perspective understanding too, for sure. Yeah. And so it's a little thing and, and uh, in the big picture doesn't matter a lot. But I was curious to know the answer, and uh, she wrote back. I said, uh, it doesn't matter either way, but it's a banger. It's just something I've always wanted to know. And she wrote back and said, um, the pause would suggest that there are quotes there, but there actually aren't. Um, So I'm saying that you say that about me. Little thing, but great to get to the bottom of it. And I had hoped she would take it in the spirit it was intended, which is just genuine curiosity. And uh, right yeah. back. But <clears throat> it was interesting how people were firmly in, in both camps. Like, well, obviously it's B. It's never occurred to me that yeah. it would be A. And other people were like, well, obviously she's talking about herself. Um, so good yeah. to get that cleared up. But I like when people are yeah. <clears throat> nice on the internet. And and that's kind of like a, like a song could be about anything or anyone, but that's not really what you're saying. It's more like context. So it's like she responded in in the idea because it would otherwise be kind of hard to understand, right? Yeah. And you're not you're not knocking it, but it is like the, you know, questioning of of the, how it's written. So yeah, it's good that she solidified it. Yeah. And in the um Another- I saw it somewhere and it didn't have quotes. Um, And that was my instinct. But if she had said, you say that you only say what you want to, well, that sounds weird because then suddenly the word you is three times in the sentence. So that was the only uh, argument for B. Makes sense. There you go. That's a a good thing about uh, social media. One good thing. Yeah, exactly. Interaction. Exactly. I have to mention... Eve Six, remember that band that put uh, Hard in a Blender song? Remember that, Jam? No. From the 90s? Anyway, they were a big kind of, uh, there was that was a huge song in 2000 or 2001 or something like that, but uh, it was very successful, and they've spawned a career. But anyway, Max, the singer, uh, is on Eve Six, at Eve Six on Twitter, and about, a, I don't know how long ago, he just started <clears throat> uh, 
chirping people and asking random people if they like the heart and a blender song and he's a smart guy and just kind of has a good perspective but that the the change that's happened in their twitter like they've launched you know tens of thousands more people and uh it's just an interesting perspective of kind of the 90s and he talks about artists that he toured with and one of the the biggest tours they did was um with third eye blind and we were on that same tour <clears throat> in the states and it was like classic 90s uh vibes with that because it was just those bands and the height of that kind of music and then they, they that one of their their first canadian festival was uh the somersault tour that we put together so it was one of their first shows as kids <clears throat> so it's just interesting interesting to see people grow through it and then now kind of have a perspective that's actually pretty fun to follow and and go you know go with <clears throat> so is he um is he chirping people in a way that's jerky or he's just no, having fun like or? having fun i mean really just poking fun and uh definitely kind of <clears throat> i don't know in the in the regards to it's a kind of anti what the whole pitchfork hipster concept of uh bands that come and go within months and it's more about who's happening right now and if you don't know who's happening right now you're an idiot and you don't know what music is like that concept of a person <clears throat> it's kind of anti that which is kind of refreshing as opposed to everybody trying to appease the coolest sources of information for music what does pitchfork mean in that it's context a site. It's, it's basically a uh, modern what what Rolling Stone used to be oh no way when we were kids but just tonight where people find out about music and bands and and releases and the reviews and all that stuff so um, I guess quintessential in that that genre but with that you get some cheesy folks not all bad obviously a lot of great music and great people but still um, when you're sitting in Brooklyn with these type of people that are really almost offensively hip, it's really kind of tough to take for more than 10, 20 minutes, and you got to stop talking. The um, uh, Third Eye Blind was like, turn around and back on your brother. Yeah. Like, that, that's them, right? Yeah, and at the t he was uh, dating Charlize Theron at the time. Oh, was so he? He was always side stage, hacking darts. Really? So she was yeah. side stage when you guys were playing there? She was always with him. So, yeah, wherever he went. Um, but uh, Did she seem like a nice person? She seemed nice. Yeah, definitely. I never. She was always nice. And he, he's just kind of one of those, I don't know, the front man guy that's not a really great singer. So you can tell there's some issues with like... Uh, um, self-awareness maybe so like you know like doing the arm curls before you go out on stage uh, the, that vibe so so you know uh a lot of a lot of that he had that bravado i guess you know like the lead singer thing he was like heavy duty on that stuff so not as bad as scott stapp from greed oh really but, it, it was he the guy with there. the baby bjorn on <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that was the that was the uh, that was the metal band Stained. Right, they're totally not like that. What was a Stained he was a baby Bjorn guy. song? <laughs> That's a funny. Yeah, the singer from Stained. I'm like out with this baby Bjorn <laughs> and his family. <laughs> and like outside of our tour bus, yeah, for sure. I was like, yep. Like you love seeing that when you see bands that are out there and they're all just bods having a time with their family. Well, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to generalize on Stephen Jenkins, uh, but he definitely had that kind of cheese ball vibes. So if Third Eye Blind had a song the size of Scott Stapp, Scott Stapp is self-aware of that now, where he accepts it even. On Twitter, I chirped him once, and he said, "Fair enough." Like, he was like, "Yep, yeah, I was that guy." He was the... very self-centered and uh, not well. He just didn't see anything outside of himself, so he kind of was in a bad place like that. And he accepts that now and has moved on from it. But when you think the world revolves around you and people treat you that way all the time, like they act like, "What's the matter? What can I get you?" It, it's uh, you can just go off, and he definitely did. Then he got into drugs, and I'm sure had some real problems that way. But you know, he's back on track now. Creed was. But, can you take me higher? That was them, they right? Were so yeah, and we opened up for them right on that tour in the states, and it was like massive arenas every single night, and. You know, like I said, I heard one of them like, I'm going to buy that Lambo, man. I'm just going to get it. Forget it. <laughs> they were off to the races. Like when, that, when that's what you're hearing at catering. And, the band, you know, one that's what they're talking about. One band member is saying how they're going to buy a $100,000 car in 1999. And the other band's saying, oh, we just got, they blew our tour support. We're out. And so they're done, basically. Why, who is done? I don't remember the other band, but it was just like another band that had lost their uh, tour support. So it was, uh, sometimes there was three and f- sometimes four, like a local band. But I think it was like the third band on the bill that uh, had a single that didn't do well. And the, the, their record company cut their funding and that's it. Wow. Oh, yeah, that happened a lot. It's a tale as old as time, right? Someone's on the way up the ladder and someone else is on the way For down. Sure. Or they had one hit and it's like there isn't any more. So it's like they go from packed 3,000 seaters to 1,000 seat clubs and no more tour support. That, I remember um, seeing the worst, the worst, the worst descent I ever saw was Candlebox. We, one of our first American tours. Who's that? just sold like they sold like five million records, and they were a good live band. And but they were kind of labeled as like the first uh, grunge because I think they were from Seattle. But they they came, they were kind of labeled as a modern grunge or like faux grunge because they didn't come in the scene. So they had a tough block on their shoulder that they had to deal with in terms of press and stuff because they didn't really get much and. So anyway, this tour at the beginning was packed arenas, like sixteen to 20,000 people every night. And by the end of it, we were in like 2,000 seat clubs in a month. Whoa. It, it was like, what? All of a sudden went from four semi trucks 
to two to one to none yeah well yeah it's like there's your production there's it's a lot of money going out the door every day and if that's not going to continue you better realize it you're not going to have another payday like this so it's scary stuff but it happens most it happens it well i mean it happens to everybody at some degree especially rock bands uh you can't be as big as you always at your peak it just doesn't happen you always have some kind of a, a, a fall from fall from grace of course 40 to fall from the top 10 or the top 5 like it just you can't stay uh, the relevance when you're 20 years old to when you're 40 years old, it just doesn't pan to the younger generations the same way. It's impossible to, especially if there's a body of work that's like 20 years, you know? So either you're Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen or whatever, and you do your thing forever, or Joni Mitchell, and it's just, that's it. But I'm talking about uh, kind of bands that come out and they're huge, and so so big that they're selling as much as pop records, and then because you can't sell the same um, as as in in that regard for too long. You can st- you can still be huge live, like even Pearl Jam are massive live, one of the biggest bands in the world, but they don't sell the same amount of records as when they first came out. You know they'll sell a million or a million and a half instead of twenty million. Or even less, you know. So is that a comment on Pearl Jam, or is that a comment on how people ingest music now? Well, it's just, uh, it's a different generation. Like Neil Young and Bob Dylan, they didn't sell the same amount of records when they were in their 40s and 50s as they did in their 20s. Like, it's just a completely different thing when you're uh, competing with the mainstream pop. Because it's at that point, it's you know you you have to go on. It's like when you saw Jimi Hendrix on Dick Cavett or uh, Jimi Hendrix on the the shows like being on sixty minutes. Like that's pop music, forefront media, everything, everything they do is the number one headline when they're in town. That that event, you know eventually doesn't isn't the same thing eventually you you can't be that that same exact thing every single time and, and there's a few that are close to it like the beyonce's and and uh, the, like the superstars that just kind of ride media like madonna seems to have stayed pretty close to that but for rock bands there's always kind of like a a roller coaster that happens <clears throat> Well, she reinvented herself many times. Like that, that was her kind of special gift. But it, it makes sense if you're like Love Inc. and then suddenly grunge is in fashion. Of course, yeah. people are going to be like, oh, that was great. Um, we're kind of into rock now. It's hard to, exactly. like, it's hard to be timeless. When you, well, yeah. And rock bands, yeah, that that's the thing. It's not the same as it was in the 70s and 80s, especially with radio. You don't really get to hear anything with rock band. I don't even know what uh, you know rock band is anymore. <laughs> I mean, a rock band, if it's like the way they were, it kind of seems like it's retro. 
in a sense. Like if it's Jack White with people in a room recording live off the floor, it feels kind of like old school and uh, more kind of classic rock than what's happening at, at mainstream radio. You know what I mean? Like the idea of sitting in a room with mics and all that stuff, as opposed to uh, you see the list of the Grammy Awards or people that are getting producer of the year. It's like insane amounts of uh, digital created music that's happening in a studio by, you know, keyboards and computers. And Well, I wonder how the past year will impact what kind of music is in style. Because people are making music however they can, and it might be by themselves yeah. in, at home. So I will, will that actually impact thing, what we listen to? Uh, the biggest thing that will impact what we're listening to is when computers, it's already happening where computers are making music themselves. So um, once, and computer computers are getting closer to human intelligence and will start surpassing it quickly. So in terms of creativity, you just select a genre and everything about what makes a musician great is learning its hero's understandings and their ideas. And uh, so every hero that you have, you try and find out what their references are and dig as deep as you can through the roots of their understanding of, 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 a, of a, an instrument. The computer can do that instantly. The, it's uh, the feel stuff is where it gets hard to explain and becomes more like biomimicry where you're uh, trying to understand things about how like, you know, fish move faster in the water because of scales. It's hard to do that with a computer, those ideas. But with music, the intangibles are that when you're performing, uh, the energy and the, the stuff that happens with dynamics and it's hard to kind of recreate that but i'm sure eventually when the computers understand sense and sensibility then it's done what the hell's what's the point in trying in a sense that's why a lot of people fear computers surpassing humans because uh they'll start to understand um just uh, all the other qualities they'll want to have feelings and all the empathy and love and once they get to that level, what is the difference and how can we compete? <laughs> I don't want to be loved by you no computer. I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. The idea is to start uh, sharing uh, artificial intelligence. So you instead of dying from a heart attack, you have a, a artificial heart or artificial whatever to fix all your issues. And in, in a sense, you're kind of cyborg-esque. But uh, when these intelligence, uh, you know, intelligent concepts start surpassing human understanding, it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I look, I, I, it's like you, you, it's, if you're that person, a scientist, you want to see because you want to learn and this can learn faster for research and development. But if it goes the other way, it's over. Would you rather be held by a sea turtle or by a computer? Yeah, exactly. 
I don't know. I was hoping kind of more for the head in the jar styles. Like you're still, you download yourself and you just kind of coast. I, it's everything in my power to not do a computer voice right now. And I don't even have a good one. I'm Jeremy. I used to play the drums. You still do. I now am a painting on the wall. I am Jeremy. I am Jeremy Tagort. For some reason, my computer voice always spells things wrong. See, I don't have to eat or anything anymore or sleep. I just hang out on the wall and observe life. I'm cool with this. You're ready for me to blow your mind right now? My character on What's in the Smoker, Nathanaj (laughs) Snarod. That's Jonathan Torrens backwards. Whoa. Oh, man. Whoa. Nathanaj Snarod. Hey. Uh, wow, that was a good little bit there, going off. Yeah. Do you, do you like? Uh, we do you want to do overrated, underrated music? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna start with one for you. You're kind of hard to hear now. Where'd you go there? Am Got I? Your uh, mic covered up on your chin there? Not at all. I have my uh, earbuds oh, in. Go. Ah. So, uh, yeah. Do you, uh, underrated. Or overrated. I kind of know your answer, but I want to hear it. Hippie music. <laughs> you know, like that really hardcore 60s hate Ashbury stuff? Yeah. Like like Mamas and the Papas or like, you know, <laughs> the Grateful Dead. I'm sure you love to listen to early Grateful Dead. Okay. So you my, do not. I'm saying I'm kidding. I know, but my answer is more complicated than you might expect. Okay, because great. Let's, let's dive into it. Denny Doherty let's get in there. was from the north end of Halifax. One of the mamas and the papas. Pardon? Denny Doherty was oh, from the north end of Halifax. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm going to take my AirPods out and switch over to my telephone. Stand by. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me better now? Yep, it's fine. It's, it was still good. It was just, uh, I think you had a little position action going. Got it. Um, Denny Doherty was from the north end of Halifax, and Denny Doherty was the station master on the TV show Theodore Tugboat, which shot in the same studio as Street Sense. Oh, yeah. So, so I, you probably d- must have dug that stuff then, well, yeah, I, that connection. Well, I, I don't think I would put Mamas and the Papas and Grateful Dead in the same bucket. No. Like, sort of socially no. and, and timeline-wise, yes. I did it wide, just because there's a lot of in-between stuff there, too, right? You know, like Jefferson Airplane and... There's a lot of different music, yeah. So yeah, I get, I gave it wide that width for that reason. I but it still has that kind of twang. The, the only the I'm talking about the six, yeah, that recordings in the mid '60s. Um, so on the surface, you would assume no, but one argument for yes is Denny Doherty's Halifax connection. The other argument is there was a session piano player who toured extensively with the Grateful Dead by the name of Bruce Hornsby. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. See, and that's a connection. And he toured with them. Yeah, that's right. He toured with them a lot. And I think, is Lady with a Fan a Grateful Dead song? Probably. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and Hornsby did a cover I mean, of uh, Lady with a Fan. And I love the song so much. Oh, there you go. But I would say in broad strokes, no. I'm, I, I don't self-identify as someone that's into that music. But it might also be in fairness, because I haven't been extensively exposed 
to that music because just my older siblings listen to different stuff. Yeah, I can only find live versions of Lady with a Fan. Interesting. Um, Hornsby Including or Grateful Dead. Dead? Both. Oh, really? Yeah, I wonder uh, where the original came from. It's a banger. But there's the uh, the Dead have a couple good jams. Even Touch of Grey from the 80s I like. See, Robert I, Hunter, some great lyrics. I saw you come Touch out is a good jam. Uh, swinging against Robbie Robertson the other day as a singer. But he's not a singer. He's a terrible singer. I wonder if he would agree. So, well, of course he wouldn't agree. He'd probably tell me he invented singing. He's like <laughs> the Gene Simmons of Canada, like saying everything he wants, and it's like none of it's true. I take grains of salt with that guy big time. So I was trying to imagine, because I'm trying to not bait you, but I wanted to have an interesting um, uh, underrated or overrated person that was sort of in the same realm who achieved a lot of success and their success can't be denied. But I wonder if they will ring your cheese alert bell. Don Henley. I can dig me some Don. I, I like Don Henley. I like his uh, solo work. I think he's a great singer, good drummer. Would you rather go on a road trip with Glenn Fry or Don Henley? Well, you know what? I, I like those guys were pretty hardcore, like all business. Like I remember stories about uh, they were opening for Neil Young. Like on the Tonight Tonight era, 75 or something. And uh, Neil Young was like, these guys are too square for us. In a, in a way, because they were, they were obviously looking at Neil Young being banged up every day, all the time. All of those guys at, uh, at the time. Like they were crazy horse and Neil Young were always just a party going on. So... Um, those two guys, I would say, they're, they're kind of like jock business dudes. So really? I'm probably either or. Like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have fun. Yeah, it's a tough call. Maybe that's, that's yeah, no. Don like, Henley's yeah. not pulling the fun rope? I don't think so, no. No. I think he's pulling the grump rope. Who in the <laughs> Eagles was pulling the fun rope? Joe Walsh. <laughs> he was that's why I was there for a cup of coffee and then came back. <laughs> Cuz he liked to party. Yeah, and then he sobered up in the 80s. Okay, yeah, so you're pro Don Henley. There you go. Am I? Well, I thought you said I like yeah, I like I like his music. But yeah, I'm not crazy about going on a trip with him. Yeah. All right. What's my next okay, one? Okay, how about you you uh beachy acoustic jams? Like you know, like, hold on, I'll give you one. <laughs> like when you're on vacation. This will so surprise like, oh, you. I'm stoked. I'm stoked I'm on vacation. <laughs> right? Like, you're, like Jack Johnson, you're Jason Mraz? Totally, yeah. This will surprise Let, you. Let's, no. Let's ring up some... some... <laughs> Is this... <laughs> no, this is the one. I gotta play this one. I don't dig that stuff. <laughs> hey, 
Hey, uh, you want to go buy an Aloha shirt? What is this? Jack Johnson. No. Want to go buy a, some shirts? Maybe you'll have some ahi tuna sandwiches. Hey, I'm going to play... Um, here's my... Hey, <laughs> I blew a flip-flop. I got to go grab another $2 set of flops here. Here's my... Um, this is a frog drum that I got in Hawaii. You know, it has a stick that you stick through it, and then it sounds like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel when I listen to Jack Johnson. Empty. Um, <laughs> it's surprising because you would think I would enjoy that kind of music because I like the acousticness and I'm a laid back person. But um, it, there's something too cutesy about it. It doesn't resonate for me. I just want to know why every song goes. Or. You would find that boring. <laughs> oh, just mix it up a bit. You're man. playing put a hand drum on Simon the beach with Jack Johnson. Put on, a, put on a Paul Simon record and realize how acoustics don't have to be. <laughs> Okay, my next one is less specific and more broad, but it is the idea of people citing other artists or other lyrics in their song. Oh, I hate that. When people are like, you know, like they said in that Dylan song, like, but that's a lyric in their song. <laughs> but the best was Hootie, who just stole over. Well, t- yeah, Tangled Up in Blue. Um... But a lot of people do it. Like Eric Church has a song that I really like called uh, uh, Record Year. And basically the Mm -hmm. idea is you're getting over a breakup and you take a stack of vinyl and just listen to the records on both sides. You flip it over, get banged up and kind of feel sorry for yourself. But I don't know. I I feel like it's cheating a little bit. Yeah, when you're just taking lines. Yeah, you know, it happens. Sometimes you got to do it to... uh, to, to scratch the itch. <laughs> what does but, that yeah. mean? <laughs> well, I think Max does it sometimes in a good way from the Arkells. He'll do it in more of a nod than a steal, in a sense. I think there's a way you can you can kind of do it without going, oh, God. <laughs> like how? I think they do it great. The Arkells do it great. They'll give you a, like a note or a, a couple chords that's reminiscent of something or even uh, a word or a saying or a lyric. Yeah, that's how it's done, I'd say. All right. Yeah. So you're on team okay so with I, that? I'm, well, I'm on team. I hate it if it's like like obvious and that's how you're getting your song across. Like sometimes you see it in in uh, modern pop and, and crossover hip hop. Stuff like face like, like Ariana, booty like Rihanna, something else like Ioana, that stuff. Yeah, and I get more bummed if it's musically ripped, like how that Coldplay Weekend song was the same, right? I can't feel my face in yeah. there one. <laughs> like it was like exactly the same. It's like okay, that's that's a, that's a awful. But on the same token, I, I could handle how 
That Calvin Harris weekend jam is totally, I, I keep forgetting, by Michael McDonald. For some reason, I'm accepting that one. Yeah, you are. Because You're very pro-weekend. It's, it's not necessarily the same melody and notes. And I think because Coldplay was like, what are you guys doing? Pop, like, stealing this pop song that's going off. But, you know what I mean? Like, that to me was kind of like, if you're going to take it, at least... It's a better reference point than like taking a song that just came out three months ago and it's exactly the same. Okay, how about Adam Levine? Because Col- Gank Cold and Paco Bell's yeah. Canon. They did? Yeah, and that memory song. Here's to the one that I love. Here's to the one. Memories bring back, memories bring back you. That's something I'd love to hear Gore do. What? Gordon Lightfoot. Gankin. I want to hear him do that. Here's to the things that I know. Um, hey, we're out of time, bud. I, I know, but that's so good. Can you play us out at least one chorus? When you play what? Can you just do the chorus as Gord? I didn't mean to. Oh, can I? Yeah. Here's to the things that I know. It's a to go with the thing. Like he's in an elevator with It's my floor. Good job, bud. All right, good one, bud. Talk to you soon. What?